0: You're listening to Selfish. Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie (laughs) Hembree-Martin.
1: Jessica Hill Powell knows all too well the danger of putting others first and not caring for yourself. After a traumatic time in her life, she made the decision to help others navigate the
0: world of self-care.
1: Jessica, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being here with me.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: So first, tell us about
0: yourself. Um, (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Man, I'm a complicated person (laughs) and I'm a dreamer. Um, I really love to live in possibility And I really love to create things. So whether that means physically creating art or creating new opportunities in business with other people. um, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, Probably the most important hat that I wear is mom to four. Um, I have one girl who's 10 years old. And then I have three boys who are eight, six, and almost three. Um, so they keep me on my toes and they keep me grounded in a lot of ways.
1: So in addition to mom, you recently opened Meridian Integrative Wellness and you are a wellness advocate. And I I love that about you because in every aspect, I feel like you truly do live out that advocacy. What led you down this path?
0: Um, Great question. Um, yeah, I opened Meridian Integrative Wellness in January. Um, so we're just now getting settled into the seasonal rhythm of things. Um, and what led me down that path um, is a really loaded question <laughs> <laughs> um, without going into too many details and you know, going down a rabbit hole. I'll just say that my own journey to wellness is what inspired me to create this wonderful business that houses therapists and health coaches and a wellness chef um, who all work from a holistic model. Um, I know that that word holistic gets thrown around a whole lot, um, but it was so important for me in my own process to be able to take a step back and look at how my body and my mind and my spirit was working together as a whole, and then not just focusing on one part. Um, So it took me many, many years, uh, many specialists, many alternative practitioners to figure out the solution to my own autoimmune disease. Um, And in the end, it was behavioral changes, dietary changes, and dealing with some of my emotional baggage that really helped me heal um, at my worst. I was in a wheelchair um, because of severe inflammation in my hip joints um, that made it impossible for me to bear weight on my legs. Uh, but now I'm active. I do yoga a couple times a week. I'm actually a certified yoga instructor. Um, I lift weights. Um, but you know, more importantly, I, I feel better in my own body. Um, every day is not perfect, but um, I don't have to take huge doses of anti-inflammatories anymore. And um, I was able to avoid take taking the uh, immunosuppressant drugs that were prescribed to me. Um, so, you know, I don't say any of that to brag. I just say that because I want folks to understand that healing is possible even when they say it's not possible. Um, it's hard work. It's an inside job but it's accessible to all people. Um, I built this business alongside some of the best practitioners in town who all empower people to heal themselves through the things that they have control over. So their behavior, their eating habits, the way that they deal um, with emotions and with stressors. Um, We serve a lot of different kind of clients, so people have been diagnosed with arthritis, autoimmune conditions, um, cancer, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, diabetes, um, endocrine imbalances, emotional imbalances. I see a lot of people in my health coaching practice we don't necessarily have uh, a diagnosis, but they're just in a time period in their life where they're transitioning. And so that can be stressful in a time to really um, devote to some introspection, which is essentially um, what I provide space for.
1: And really, when you say holistic approach and you know why you opened up Meridian integrative wellness, it was to offer that holistic approach to someone's health care and their, and their health uh, solutions that uh, they needed. And, you know, I think that's what's so powerful about what you're doing is you found that there, there wasn't something out there and you, you created it. So when you're talking with clients, what do you tell them you hope to achieve with, with, their journey, or um, you know, with their time uh, with you, what what yeah. is the an ultimate goal?
0: Yeah, um, good question. Um, I really want to empower people to get in that driver's seat, to understand that their own well being is not dependent on their DNA. It's not dependent on circumstance, although that may be a, a small part of it. There's so much that a person can do to support themselves in feeling good. So um, my goal is not to make a person reliant on any one practitioner in this space, but it's to help them to understand and develop their own sense of responsibility um, for their well-being. Um, Just because you have a chronic illness or you have a highly stressful life circumstance does not mean that you're doomed to be in, in misery.
1: So you recently held a session um, for a group of women entrepreneurs that I was a part of. Yeah. And you walked us through a vision exercise, which I will say, I've, I've done exercises like that before, but this one was so vivid, and I thought about it for weeks afterwards. Um, talk to us about why you do that and why it's important to visualize goals and and know what your vision is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the reason for um, vision, uh, or the reason why vision is so important, it re- really boils down to motivation. So finding out what's truly important to a person and um, why that will later help build momentum toward changing their behavior. Um, so, when that why is really well defined, um, then you can move into that that process of change. Does that
1: make sense? Yes, yes, it was yeah I think that is where it became so um, vivid for me was the motivational factor um, because you really do talk about, you know, imagine yourself in an ideal situation. Imagine yourself when you're the happiest.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think
1: I shared with you, to me, I kept seeing light surrounding me. And I know that I'm happiest when I'm outdoors in the sun or when I'm nearby a window that is showing so much natural light. So that was just a, such a simple concept. But yet I had never really acknowledged that to myself. And knowing that now, I put myself in that situation. So I think it's those simple things like that, that pull together really can make a big impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I ask a lot of open ended questions like as a health coach, which is, you know, essentially like a, a behavioral change strategist. That's, that's, you know, what I do. Um, you know, I ask people questions that help to elicit um, an another way of thinking, elicit some some additional insights. So, so yeah, um, I'm asking people about what are you doing when you feel joy? Um, how do you feel emotionally and physically? And what are you able to do? And who's there with you? What inspires you about feeling your best? And then that really gives people momentum when they, when they look into, um, the further, um, progressions in, in change. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. We,
1: we talked a lot about stress in this, in this session, and I even came back and, and was able to practice meditation with you. Um, Mm -hmm. share with us along with meditation, some of uh, your other favorite stress relieving exercises that you suggest to clients and I'm sure would be applicable to those listening today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So stress is the number one contributing factor to poor health behaviors. So like sedentary lifestyle, smoking, drinking, eating unhealthily, um, but before I jump into that, I'm going to break off on a little tangent here. Um, I almost never make suggestions to my clients about what they should do or they shouldn't do. Hmm. Um, and if I do, I ask permission first. Um, in order to, to best serve people, it's important that I leave my own agenda out of the equation. Um, so what works for one person's life won't work for another. Um, My my clients are really their own best educators. Um, I've learned um, just to ask them the right questions that elicit that insight. Um, So rather than suggesting a uh, stress-relieving exercise, I might ask them, what's worked for you in the past or, um, what do you think might work for you right now? Then, you know, if the client's stumped, we might brainstorm together, uh, taking turns, sort of uh, throwing out suggestions and then discussing them at the end. That's how we find um, the uh, possible um, ways that are going to help them in their unique life, their unique circumstances. Um, But to sort of go back to your original question, um, in my practice so far, there there are two major things that have proved to be um, the best uh, stress-relieving practices. Um, The first is establishing good boundaries. And the second is what you already mentioned, meditation and breath work. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Talk to us about those boundaries. Um, Where do people really struggle with boundaries?
0: Yeah. Um, a a majority of my clients are women, not all of them, but, but most of them are women. Um, and for women, I think, um, saying yes, when they really mean no (laughs) Mm. is a, is a big deal. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you can relate to that at all, you know, you feel certain um, pressures to be, you know, active in your kid's school, or to to do this for, you know, the extended family member, or to, um, you know, any number of things. All of the shoulds that um, that we have in our lives, you know, should be doing this, should be doing that. Um, but when we kind of come back and evaluate what's really important. Um, you can evaluate each and every single one of those decisions about, uh, you know, who you allow into your life and at what capacity they're in your life. Um, And, you know, really just saying no to the things that you that don't support you feeling your best.
1: So on the same track of mistakes that your clients make or that you see yeah. others make, what are some of the m- mistakes or hurdles or obstacles that keep people from achieving their goals?
0: Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And there there are a number of different things, but I think that the biggest thing um, I'm constantly reining my clients in. They're often really excited about making some change in their lives and you know I'm excited too, but the big mistake is jumping into change without first building that that groundwork. You know, it's it's setting yourself up for failure. Um, so first, you really have to assess um, what's helped you in the past be successful. Um, in other areas and really draw on those strengths. And then um, on on the flip side of that, look at what's what's held you back in your previous attempts at change. Those things can be really good indicators for the way in which you should build Uh, the framework of your plan Um, so the preparation for change is important to making it stick and we want it to stick that's that's where the the whole reason for doing any of this is long-term healthy behavior change
1: Hmm. yeah so, switching gears a little bit, um, being in the self-care industry, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you feel the industry's evolved over the last few years. I mean, even your personal experience of going through um, a journey of looking for solutions and not really having that resource so you had to develop it yourself. Um, you know, I think that is improvement, but, you know, where have we come from and where do we still have to go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like growing up, um, you know, I was, I was born in the early eighties and growing up and into my, my teenage and young adult years. Um, I didn't see a whole lot about, uh, self care. You know, what I saw as self care was, uh, you know, manicures and pedicures or, Uh, you know taking time out to you know take yourself out to dinner or something like that Mm -hmm. but you know that's not true self-care that's not true self-care but I love that in in recent years um, there has been more attention given given to that true self-care that is really on a deep soul level um, it's it's so much more than the temporary band-aid of you know whatever relief a manicure or a pedicure can provide mm. <laughs> or you know some retail therapy, something like that. you know it those things can serve as a quick fix if you're just stressed out and you just need to decompress or whatever. but from from a, a much larger perspective, um, true self-care is rooted and can. Consistent behaviors or rituals that support you feeling good emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, and I think that there's there's a lot more room for growth, um, and and this this business Meridian Integrated Wellness is, is is just evidence of that because we've got plenty of people that are coming in and uh, using our services and you know and really identifying. Uh, that true self-care has been something that's been neglected in their own lives. And they're doing, doing something to help shift that for themselves because you know, what happens when we care for ourselves, um, we're better able to care for other people in our lives. Hmm. Yeah.
1: What are your favorite ways to be selfish?
0: and of I, course thinking of selfish
1: I, in a positive light.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I love the name of your podcast. It's so awesome. <laughs> and just the simple fact that um that people often see some of these behaviors as being selfish when when they're really not. They're they're rooted uh for for me anyway in being able to serve other people. So I know if I can fill up my own cup, um I can fill up other people's as well. Um, so yeah, my favorite way to be selfish um, is saying no, and I love mm-hmm. to say no. <laughs> there are like there are lots of things that I can say yes to, but just so many things that I don't. Um, if I'm doubtful that you know a request from somebody else um, is something that I want to do, I just say no. And then if if I give myself some time to think about it and decide you know, later that I can actually make room in my schedule or it actually does support the things that I want for my own life or or the lives of my children, it's much easier to come back around and say, you know, I've given that some thought. And yes, I I would like to do this for you or, you know, whatever. Um, It's harder to back out of something once you've already committed. Um, So, you know, saying no is a practice. It's a way that I, you know, actively show self-love um that supports me in keeping my life more simplified. And you know, with four children and a household to run and a business to run, um, keeping things simple is is like top priority for me.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more?
0: Um You know, I I think that there's always going to be something that I wish I could be doing or that, you know, sort of falls into that category of should, (laughs) um, feel like I should be doing this or that. Mm. Um, but all in all, you know, I'm doing my best with what's in front of me right now. And I really, I really like to remind myself that I'm enough and I'm doing enough. Um, so To answer that question truly and honestly no I I don't think that there's anything more that I want to be doing right now my plate is full and and I'm just trying to be um satisfied with you know the idea that that I'm that I'm enough
1: Mm. I hope we can all get to that point one day
0: (laughs) it's, it's a process. It's not, it's not like every day. I'm truly believing that, um, sometimes it's, it's a mantra that I'm, that I'm, uh, using in meditation if, if I'm particularly struggling, but it's, it's something that I know, I know to be true that I am enough. So I I try to try to hold on to that idea.
1: Mm. Yeah. What is next for Jessica.
0: You know, um, I'm headed back to uh, Duke Integrative Medicine this fall um, to serve as a mentor for a new new cohort of health coaches. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and I'm also waiting on my national board certification to be confirmed. So I'll celebrate being the only national board certified health coach in Kentucky um, once I get those test scores in next month. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: congratulations. I know yeah. you did
0: great. Thank you. Thank you.
1: But, you know, I'm really impressed with everything you've been able to accomplish and. I know for you, it's a a long journey that you feel like you've had to go through to get to this point, Um, but you have helped so many individuals so far, and you've only been open since January. So I can only imagine what's to come for you. So thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, really excited to see what comes your way.
0: Well, thank you, Allie. I really appreciate the opportunity to just uh, be on and talk, you know, a little bit about this business and and why why it's important, why it's important work.
1: Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.